moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people. Hi, this is Asa Nilsson, and you're listening to More Moss to the People, where each week we're going to be talking about slowing down, even hurling ourselves off of the Ferris wheel of the production-first mentality and choosing to live a courageous life based on our own needs first and daring to be different in a world where sameness is encouraged more highly than living a life of authenticity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to More Moss to the People. This is Asa Nilsson. I am your host. Today, I am meeting with one of my Scandinavian sisters. Uh, She's Danish, but living in the United States, and her name is Nova Lee Wilder. Welcome to More Moss to the People, Nova Lee. Thank you so much. I'm very (laughs) excited to be on. I'm very, very excited. (laughs) I am too. I'm so excited. I've been following you for years. I've been stalking you for years, girl, and here you are sitting on my podcast. It just goes to show you never know it's what's like going to happen. It's like a full circle moment, probably. It is. Yeah. It is. It makes me happy. And I thought about it earlier today. I'm like, you know, I'm living the dream, living the dream, getting to meet cool people like yourself. Are you creating <laughs> a space for it? I think that's like really exciting when people are like, I want to talk to some of the people I've followed for a long time or people who, I don't know, new conversations with yes. people you followed for a while. Like, I mean, if you have seen previous like podcasts or whatever I always yeah. love when people are like this is the question I would ask or like why are no one asking this or like <laughs> I want to know bringing about something this. different to the table yeah I think that's yeah really cool. well I know that I've been definitely hearing you on a lot of podcasts lately so you must be doing the rounds girl you're, you're getting you're getting out and about <laughs> well I've been lucky I think uh in the beginning when I started out I was reaching out a lot mm-hmm. and trying to get on things and yeah and being very like please please (laughs) and now I'm very lucky that people start reaching out and and being like hey I think you could add something to my space or my podcast or my membership and yeah of course it's just a gift you know it like it makes life easier when people invite you instead of you having to knock on doors but I think it's just a progress like I say that every podcast interview is rehearsal for Oprah Oh, so you know, I'm just like I'm. What? I'm exactly. getting excited for each of them. Good, yes, good because it's all a practice. Yeah. And don't forget to take me along the ride with you because I'd like to I be will. there too. I will say hi to our <laughs> say hi to our Oprah. <laughs> so you are in uh, Los Angeles, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are an author. You are a uh, professional numerologist and also an actor. You have got yes. a lot of things in your in your toolbox. So um, the reason I I have been following you for so long is because you are a professional numerologist and I love numerology. 
it fascinates me. It interests me. I love numbers. I'm terrible. Like I'm not a good mathematician or anything like that, but I see numbers and I calculate numbers all the time when I'm driving or looking at like addresses, things like that, which we'll get into all that. But I would love it if you would take a minute and tell us who you are in your own words. Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> um, I think I'm first of all, like a creator. I think that's what drew me to um, acting and the theater because I realized growing up that the family I was in, there were a lot of things we didn't say to each other mm -hmm. or that we didn't tell the world about how our family structure was working. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of dysfunction and addiction and stuff like that going on. And I could tell that um, that I didn't feel very safe to express myself or to create or to have a point of view and so when I found the theater I think I was very young maybe 10 years old when I saw my first Shakespeare play Taming of the Shrew yeah and I remember watching the play and being like my god these people are alive and they're actually saying what I can see their body is already feeling hmm. that's neat Which I think it's a general thing that many of us walk around and we can tell from each other's bodies and energy is like something is going on but we don't say it out loud yeah and so Fear. it drew me to the theater to be able to say out loud that <laughs> what I was feeling yeah and, and be expressive and and create things because an actor creates a performance hmm. and they have to come up with all the parts of it and so I think over time that like bled into other things I think if you are a creative person you're not just creative in one direction mm -hmm. it's just like spills over <laughs> maybe you Seeps. have an opinion about like <laughs> home design or interiors or you know like fashion um yeah like to me like the creative thing like is in everything and it's just like connecting the dots and then later mm. when I was introduced to numerology I felt like it kind of connected my creativity with my intuition mm. so I could suddenly put words to some of the things that were I was already picking up around people. I found that often when I was acting with whoever I was partnered with, I would pick up a lot about that person where I'd be like, do I put this in the scene? Do I point it out? Like, does anyone want to know this stuff that I'm suddenly mm. feel like I know about my partner that they haven't like volunteered? <laughs> um, and when I met numerology and I put like, got some words to put on some of these experiences I was like oh it's my intuition it's like whatever psychic gift I am mm -hmm. not a huge psychic mm -hmm. <laughs> um but I definitely through the tool of numerology can see things and put words to things that mm. seem to be uh invisible to certain other people that's yeah. also the thing with anything with any gift you have you think it's normal right, right? like oh this, I'm anything. just doing it I'm just doing it all the time I'm mm -hmm. all having these thoughts or these feelings or these inputs or getting these ideas and everyone is probably like me and I'm not very special <laughs> and we just don't talk about it because we think yeah. everybody's doing it <laughs> yeah and it's like uh -huh. one of the things also with numerology like oh okay yeah I do see the world differently than you do yeah and yes. I need to not treat you how I would treat me right actually oh so good treat you as yep. your as your own individual person but we're getting That's off exactly track right. who am I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway <laughs> you so get to dabble I'm a, I'm, yeah I'm a creator and yeah. I think 
over time I've realized that like um, the only uh, mistake I can make is to limit myself mm. to think Ooh, oh I can only so create right. in this field yeah. or you know I thought about yes. that with acting and when I met neurology I was like oh my god like I can't do both for a mm. long time I was like I can't do both I have to pick one right. and then through numerology I started writing and I was like hmm <laughs> what is this now are we now writing <laughs> that is isn't that different <laughs> what but hat really do I have tried yeah, I've tried through my 30s to be like, no, you're allowed to be all of it and none of it takes away. But it does maybe mean that like, hmm. if you pick one lane, you do go faster. Yeah, I love that. But, yeah, so when, when you're taking your half you, out of the middle, like you're driving down the highway. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, I mean, I'm not a one lane kind of person. Yeah. I have to That's dabble good. in multiple areas and, and there are more than one lane that interests yes. me. Yeah, which I love. I think that is uh, the world also was very well served from that because I mean, even just looking at the burst of color in your screen, I just <laughs> I love it. I like mm, look at it, look at it, love it, love it, love it. Um, so you found or discovered or were introduced to numerology not early in your life. I mean, it's not something yeah. that you were doing when you were a little girl or anything like that. So the um, I I actually have my book right here. This was the book that I was uh, mm -hmm. reading in the 90s. And, yes. and I have this is like, I have got so many people's numbers in here. And it's funny, because um, when I meet people, I'm like, Oh, what's your birthday? <laughs> I go immediately to like, yes, I try not to be that person. <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. I do it all the time, because I'm also a novice. So it fascinates me to just see, mm. yeah, that's kind of interesting. And um, the the difference between this book, as I understand it, and how you read numerology, if I am correct, is that this book, uh, she follows the Pythagorean theorem, and yeah. you follow the Chaldean or Chaldean? Chaldean. Chaldean. Okay. Do you, can you speak to the differences? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> with the two different systems or schools of thought, whatever you want to like assign to them. Um, there's a difference in how far we can trace them back. And there's a mm -hmm. difference in how we assign numbers to the letters of the alphabet. Okay. So okay. the Pythagorean system thinks that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and so forth must correspond directly to A, B, C, D. Okay. Eight. All right. Yeah. So they just took one system, the system of numbers and overlaid it completely with the system of the alphabet um, okay. or the system of letters. So, when you deal with that system, it's um, it's simpler, mm -hmm. I want to say. Mm -hmm. It's easier for most people to grasp, uh, like the initial calculations. It's also like, for example, if you look at a birthday in the Pythagorean system, you just add up all the numbers yeah. in that birthday and you get a life path number. And there are other calculations you can make from that. And they all have uh, kind of spiffy titles like, personality and inner desire higher <laughs> self and like they have these terms um that to me sound good but are not always so they don't really explain themselves mm. like okay. the the description yeah of that number is a little vague to me okay the Chaldean system does not uh, correspond like the number one to the letter A in the same way. Okay. 
it actually does correspond on the number one to the letter A. But the rest of <laughs> that them... That was a different example, yeah. Yeah, the rest the of B. them. So um, the Chaldean system is uh, built on um, like older systems. I think we call it the Chaldean system, but that would be call it like calling it like uh, the old German system. You know, the Chaldea was like an area in the Middle East. No. There was... Um, I mean, there was a nation, we had a king, they ruled Babylon for a while, but you know, it's like saying gypsy magic or something like it's not specific to a person or a school or anything like that. It's just like an area or a nation okay. that now doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. And this system is more complex. The numbers and the letters correspond in different ways. There are certain tools in the Chaldean system, like the numeroscope which is kind of a chart you can create based on your name and your birthday. Mm. And these kind of tools are not in the Pythagorean system. So it's okay. more complex. There are more details. There are more um, depth, I want to say. And it's harder for like the everyday person to kind of like grasp all the nuances. Okay. And where it feels like to me, because I've read a lot of numerology books, mm. <laughs> that with the Pythagorean system, you could probably grasp almost everything from reading enough books. Okay. But where I have studied with Chaldean neurologists and you couldn't put it in, in like, it's just too much. It's one of those things where it's just, you kind of have to study it one-on-one -on -one with a teacher uh -huh. because okay. if one teacher should put like all their knowledge in a book, that would probably be like 15 books. All because right. there are just so many elements in it. So then, I mean, for, for a lay woman like myself, who just wants to know the basics of numerology, just to kind of like, just to get an understanding of like recognizing my strengths or how I can overcome my weaknesses. I mean, whatever the reasons people would go and want to have their numbers. What are, in your opinion, are the like the top three things that are the most important to know? Like in your yeah. Chaldean so, system. So in the Chaldean system, you should know your base number. Okay. In a lot of the older books, they don't even put anything before number. They just say, you should know your number. They don't okay. even call it base number. <laughs> they just like, you should know your numbers. Okay. Starting and then with... the numbers you should know in the Chaldean system is the day you were born. So mm -hmm. just the day. We're going to ignore the month. We're going to ignore the year. We're just going to look at the day. Okay. And I'm just going to look at the digit sum of that day. So if you're born on a double digit day, like me, I'm born on the 28th. Mm -hmm. I have to add the numbers together until I get to a single digit. So two plus eight is 10. One plus zero is one. My number, my base number is one. That's the most important number to know. Okay. It's like knowing your sun sign mm -hmm. in astrology. Right. And then whew, the coffee is kicking in. <laughs> Ooh, like, I need some, I need some water uh, <laughs> um, the second number you should know is the number of the year you were born and it's the same thing we're going to do the digit sum so I was born in 1986 so I say 1 plus 9 plus 8 plus 6 is 24 2 plus 4 is 6 so my second base number or the second number I should know is 6 these okay. are the two most important ones Okay. Now, your zodiac sign or like where you're born in the month also mm. corresponds to a number. So I was born on July 28th. 
that makes me a Leo. Mm -hmm. um, the sun sign of Leo is connected to the number one. Okay. So you can. Um, Why? How do you know that? It's just a system. <laughs> How it's do you just know? a system. Like each each uh, zodiac sign is connected to a number and connected to the same uh, planet, element, day of the week, energy, okay. all of that. Okay. So like you could also say like the number one is connected to the element of fire or the planet of this, like, it's not a planet, but the sun, the sun is also connected to um, the number one and to Leo. So if I was mm -hmm. reading my birthday, mm -hmm. the two most important numbers would be the one and the six. Okay. And then I would say, okay, you have got a little extra one energy from being a Leo, like that kind of amplifies um, that first number. And this often happens when people look at their birthday, and they go deeper with numerology, they see that um, if they look at their astrology chart and they know like their big three or five, that those energies are going to correspond to their numerology, like to the numbers. So for me, the deeper I go into in my astrology chart mm -hmm. and I've <laughs> had sessions with great um, astrologers with the more they talk, the more I'm like, well, this ends up to be like a numerology reading. Cause I'm like, yeah. the things you zoom in on the thing you're like, I think this is really important in your chart. There's a lot of this fire energy. I'm like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or they're like, oh, but interestingly, like your moon is in Aries, which is also a fire sign. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. clearly, like all the systems connect to the yes. kind of like core truth yeah. of you. And then it's just up to whoever the reader is to convey the information there. Well, I think that's interesting because I was thinking today about our our conversation today and I was like, you know, I I know there's there's attachments between numerology and tarot and I know that mm -hmm. there is um with uh the with the oracle cards and you know, the astrology, numerology, tarot cards and oracle cards. I love all of it. I love all of the mm -hmm. systems. I think they're fascinating. And and then I started realizing, wait a minute, there's charts for all of this and there's all like the blueprints. So I'm like, wait, so if if we really had all of them together, like they got all into a room, <laughs> you would have one wicked cool chart and really understand yourself yeah. at a completely different level. Is that what you do to help people with their lives, to help them unlock the key to discover themselves? Yeah, and, and one of the things I think are important, because sometimes I have people who listen to me, and then they, <laughs> I can tell they get a little triggered, because they're like, oh, she's going to tell me who I am. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can tell me who, you know, I can tell uh -huh. like something comes up in them, where they're like, oh, I don't like outside authority, or I don't like someone to tell me or limit me mm -hmm. in whatever way. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just holding up a mirror. Mm -hmm. I'm not really like I'm not deciding who you are. The numbers are not boxes that you can never break out of. Mm. You're always more than one number. Even if you for some reason is like, you know, a triple one or something like if you have the same number repeatedly, you still have like um, you're still unique. You're still you. And it's important with any kind of tool. And that's what I wanted to say when you said, like, they all get together in one mm. room. Um, this is how I test new systems. I test them by seeing how 
what they say about a certain aspect of my life and see if it corresponds with the numerology information I have. And of course, if it corresponds with my actually, like my lived experience mm. and they have to overlap because if yeah. it's a true system sure. and it's a good reader, then they're going to say basically the same thing mm. through whatever that reader's perspective is. And mm. sometimes that's also where you can tell <laughs> the system is good but the reader might have a block or an issue mm -hmm. with mm. this area. And that's what mm. I'm seeing, not the system. Right. So right. also sometimes if you're listening to someone or if you're having a reading and you feel like it didn't really. It's not connecting. Hit, or I don't feel mm. seen or she didn't or he didn't speak to like the issue. I, I think like sometimes readers, I have that too. Like sometimes we're not allowed to talk about a certain aspect or we we are working on it ourselves and we can't mm. convey it oh, to okay. the person yeah. we're reading hmm. um, that makes sense i mean we're all humans yeah hmm. i think i didn't answer the question you just asked so. <laughs> that's what it was but so they they work together these systems yeah. can, the astrology yeah. and the numerology and yeah the, and i mean the more you learn i mean i i was yeah. into uh, feng shui last year i mean i am mm. into feng shui mm. and the more i i did like a, a like a group chorus and the more she talked i was like damn it's all numerology <laughs> like the backward map like the numbers in there and the areas of the home that correspond to different family members and different areas oh, of ooh. your life like you can you can put the numbers on top of everything I don't even, uh, I don't know anything about feng shui, but I think it's fascinating and interesting. Um, but let me ask you this. Um, I was just looking at my tarot cards because I wanted to see one of the cards <laughs> <laughs> yeah. from the major arcana that was, uh, for example, oh, that's just, this card came up, the devil, which is the 15. So mm -hmm. if it's a 15 card, so then it's a six. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting with the tarot. Um I think it's one of the tools that have been around the longest and have been mm. used and misused and kind of um, laid on top of other esoteric tools. Mm. So I think the roots of the tarot has a lot to do with uh, Jewish faith and mm. conveying um, rituals and traditions of the Jewish faith, but it's very hidden within the old imagery. But the tarot has been like reborn again mm -hmm. and again mm -hmm. and again. And people have also started shifting the cards around, changing the order of oh. the cards. Um, so like, yeah, the devil card is yeah. uh, 15. Some some sets or like decks of card might make it number 14 or something. So like, I just want to say if you have it like a tarot card deck mm. at home just mm. know that like you should double check the traditional meaning of the cards mm. um against whatever you have but the number 15 um in numerology is um the kind of like unbridled artist or creator and if you look at like the roots um and creator also means like actor or um, the person who speaks to the deeper desire in people. The 15 does? Yeah. The number, the the, number the, 15. As, yeah. So mm. I think like sometimes people are like, um, like an older meaning of that, like devil or there's like some energies there where people are like, well, if you are expressing desires and emotions, 
then you must either be an actor or you must be a whore. Like you mm. must sell your desire or sell mm. your body. Mm. There's a lot of layers of um, of understanding in the tarot. Mm. But yeah. one of the things we can do with the tarot is that we can look at the first nine cards mm-hmm. and we can see a correspondence to the nine base numbers. Okay. So yeah. like if you wanted to, like... I'm a one and the first card is the magician Mm -hmm. and there are some elements there for sure Mm. that correspond to the energy of the one or if we look at uh, the nine which is the hermit Mm. there are definitely some elements if you were born on a day that adds up to nine that you're going to have some hermit tendencies at Mm. times Mm. or you're going to have to learn that there's very little leadership um, and direction and vision and gifts to be passed on if you hide in your cave mm. so sometimes I also feel like some people probably use the tarot kind of like as keywords to talk to people about their numbers and their energies uh-huh. and when we go beyond the first nine numbers when we get into yeah, like 10 right. and and up there um some of the descriptions of the cards overlap with the descriptions of name vibrations, which is something mm-hmm. we haven't covered yet. But yes, behind every get... letter, yeah, behind every letter in your name is a number, and we add right. the numbers together to find the name vibration behind that name. Right. And the name vibration kind of functions as a filter on your base number. So, say you are a nine, and you have a. Uh, a life lesson about leadership and direction you have to learn about um, your own temperament aggression masculinity even if you're born in a female body and then you have a name vibration that is very soft and very gentle and very receptive and very sensitive and so your anger and leadership gets kind of filtered between the softness and so you start um kind of bending the knee you start um, softening your your edges you get softer and angrier probably mm-hmm. <laughs> by Resentful. like kind of uh, molding yourself into uh, what fits with this name vibration mm-hmm. and this is the work I do so I look at people yeah. and I say okay this is your base number these are your numbers they're unchangeable it's who you are it's just like um, an ever never-ending spiral of learning an expansion you're here to do this but then maybe you have no, some name vibrations that are not supporting that expression mm. and we change them and, <laughs> and we change them so let's <laughs> yeah. let's talk about changing names name because i do know that there are some people that just they hate their names they just they're born with yeah. a name and they've never even taken into consideration that they could actually change it um, because that's just what you know goes against the family, goes against the culture, whatever. Um, and which I think it's interesting. I mean, I happen to love my maiden name. I still have my maiden name. I did not take my husband's name when we got married. Um, but your name, for example, Nova Lee Wilder. Every time I say it, I feel like I'm uh, listening to like <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> like Nova Lee Wilder. Um, mm-hmm. That is not a very Danish name. Yeah. I dare to say. So then you have opted up to change yours. Is yeah. is that was that through numerology that you chose to do that or because yes. of acting or what? Yes. Uh no, I've never been so interested in like stage names. I mm-hmm. don't think that was ever like that interesting to me. But um 
and I will say like everyone, you know, I'm a numerologist. I hear it all the time. Everyone has a story about their name, Mm -hmm. what we've been told, how it was chosen, who we're named after, if we got pet names, if we got bullied, if, you know, like everyone has a story about their name. And my story with my name is that I was christened Ava Christine Leipert, um, Eva Christine Lubert in Danish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And already... Where just before I was christened, there was like a mix up with my name. Apparently, my mom on the way to the church was like, because at that point they had just decided I was going to be Christine. And on the way to the church, she was like, no, no, she needs to have a, like an A name because the uh-huh. rest of my sisters <laughs> have names that end in A. So she was like, we, we need to call her Ava too. And so I was supposed to be Christine Ava. And the priest, for some reason, was like, Sounds silly. So on <laughs> I'll my, decide for you. <laughs> on my papers, he wrote Ava Christine. You know, he changed the, the sequence of the names. And I never knew about this. Everyone called me Christine on up till I was like eight or nine years old. And for some reason, I saw my birth certificate. And I saw that my first name was Ava. And I was like, Mom? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> There's more than one name and of course like any nine-year-old I was like I want that instead like Uh I don't want to be called Christine anymore and I think that's where (laughs) the kind of like split happened for me because my family called me Christine and everyone else I met from that day forward called me Ava okay so I had a real split between like my family and my friends and my coworkers and whatever and some point (laughs) just before I think I left for New York like maybe a year before I left I had this thing where I was like I really want to be one person Hmm. and so I told my family hey I know it's weird (laughs) my late 20s but could you try to call me Ava instead of calling me Christine Hmm. and they had which all families have I want to say even if you change your name with numerology or if you just change it like like I did families have weird reactions to Mm -hmm us putting down boundaries or preferences or whatever (laughs) they just do and their reaction has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if they're your family so most of my family were like hmm okay I guess I'll try Uh, okay and then (laughs) then I went to New York and so um I went to New York and at this point I had worked through a lot of stuff in my life and issues and dysfunctions and what have you. And after like six months in New York, I was like, I'm in a whole new place, I'm speaking a whole new language, I'm living in a new place, I have new friends, I'm doing a new thing, and I keep repeating these damn old patterns. Mm-hmm. And so one of my friends had been to a numerologist and changed her name. And a lot of stuff had shifted in her life. And I was like, this is so crazy, but I'm almost willing to do anything. So let Mm. me have a session with this numerologist. So I had a session with that numerologist. And it was such an uncomfortable session because she could just see everything, Mm. everything underneath the surface, Mm -hmm. all the stuff I didn't want people to see. Mm. I do think... um, She's a three. She's a base number three. So she's very Mm. direct Mm -hmm. in her assessments. And it was just such an uncomfortable session. But I also couldn't kind of hide from what she said. Like I could say it's not true. Like everything she said 
was true it was mm -hmm. just like uncomfortable to hear it mm -hmm. and she was like unfortunately with the name you have right now if you want to change your name you can't keep any of it <laughs> you would have to change your first middle and last name we would probably have to give you four names in total just so you know and I was like fuck it okay it. Yeah. let's do it and so Why I changed not? my name, you know, with the help of numerology. Um, okay. So I picked four names. Mm -hmm. And since I was in New York, I had only known most of my friends there for like six months. Yeah. So even though some of them were like, this is weird. They were also <laughs> like, I mean, you're a new friend. I mean, what am I going to do if you want to yeah. meet Nova instead of Ava? Like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So I changed my name and that completely changed my life. I mean, that could be a whole separate episode about like- all We'll do that. We'll talk about that next time. So yeah, do you uh, go by Nova or do you go by Nova Lee? I go by both. Okay. I actually find that um, where, where with my old name, Ava, mm -hmm. which sounds different in Danish than it does in English. Mm -hmm. People can't pronounce it how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, I don't know anything about name, that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> never had that experience right where people be like how do you pronounce this um but with my old name I could tell I got annoyed all the time I got annoyed all the time yeah. about like how people pronounced it or um yeah whatever and with Nova Lee when I changed to that I was suddenly like you can do whatever you want huh. with this name I am fine okay isn't that interesting Which to me also sound like I realized like the name wasn't really the problem no. the energy behind yeah the yeah yeah was the problem yeah so with nova like i have a friend who called me novita mm. she's italian mm. i have penned people sometimes divide nova lee it's one word it's one name nova lee some yeah. people divide it in two i'm like you do whatever you need to do it's isn't it funny how like what a difference that made for you yeah i think i mean a lot, a lot of things happen with name changes, but um, the right name, the more supportive name, mm. usually gives you way more grounding mm. and way more protection. Kind of like um, there's not also, so many like holes in your armor or not this sense of like I'm too sensitive or I am not safe. I mm. think the name gave me a sense of safety mm. that I definitely didn't have in my old name. That's nice because I mean, if there's if there is a way that we can help ourselves um, to feel safer, I mean that's that is a that's a critical driver for many of us, um, especially especially women um, that feel unsafe out in the world. Period. But then also, mm. if there's something like this, and this happens to be what you do for your work, I mean, this is something that you offer your clients. You help people name babies. You help people name their houses. I mean, like you go through like you know, whatever you, you whatever you yeah. want to name books. Yeah records yeah. oh yeah that's that's <laughs> and like programs yeah yeah that's yeah. so good so good so then do you, you you have a quote spirituality should validate not alienate I loved that I thought that was a really <laughs> really nice quote and I'm like that's yeah that's right that's true you know it's like well I also want I mean this is with me too like I've had bad readings mm -hmm. with readers uh or psychics or mediums, whatever, that made me feel shitty about myself or yeah. made me question the information mm -hmm. I got. And mm -hmm. I feel like one of the things that I want to do with my work is just like, I just want to hold up the mirror. I want to give you back the power. Mm -hmm. I want to 
give you permission to be who you already are because I feel like sometimes with I mean the same with with name like I don't actually pick the name for people I pick the vibration Mm. you know so I just find the vibration that supports who you already are and then Mm -hmm. you know people get nameless with hundreds if not thousands of names and they pick from there so it it ends up being like it's a very powerful and empowering experience to name yourself right I was just going to say that like to be able to say yourself you know what I'm 56 years old nearly I want to be pancake buttercup if that's what I want to be, right? If that's, yeah. if that, right, who cares? It doesn't matter. If that's what I want. Then that is what I, that's who I am. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's our like, I mean, name is critical for us. I think uh, when we go from like being a teenager to being a grown up, there's a lot of decisions to be made and we start um, to have to do it all ourselves. We have to cook for ourselves and pay our bills for ourselves and we can pick out our own outfits. And throughout life, it becomes more and more you or your job mm-hmm. to take care of you. Mm, yes and that should be an empowering experience and Mm. i think um yeah i mean naming yourself i think it's like a a rite of passage for some people to Mm. really pick out like what is like what name fits me what do i want to i mean that's the thing like the right name you will be so happy to say Mm. it out loud Mm. you'll be happy to spell it for people to write it you'll be happy to put it on your mailbox Mm. you'll like whenever i meet people like I didn't think of this when I picked my name, Novely Wilder, but whenever they say, oh, you sound like a writer, I'm like, thank you. I am. I Funny. am. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the energy fits and I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say it again. It's a really empowering thing to name uh, yourself I, and claim a name. I think that is, it's wonderful to give people their own power. And that's, that for me is very, very beautiful that you have that uh, ability to work with people like that. So you, when we talked about um, the base number, the 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 other number, whatever it was called, the, um, the other number, the year born number. Yeah, the then second base number. The second base number. So people can go out to your website. I'm going to get on the show notes. You're going to have all your information <laughs> yeah. so people can find you. But then if they wanted to, they can go out to your website, put in their email address, and they can get the nine base numbers, which I'm also going to do some videos this week um, before we actually go live so that people can get an understanding just so I can just name the the nine base numbers so people can get like a general understanding of what they are. But there's a resource on your website that people can yeah, go there's to. there's a free ebook. Yeah, a free which ebook is, where you can learn so nice. about the nine base numbers. And also if you want to, there's a free online calculator where you can pop in your name and you can see a few short sentences of like about that name vibration that's cool very cool i love that <laughs> it is so that, cool. and, and it's free and it's nice that's you know yes. for people just to to get an understanding of what you do and how they can maybe just see what it is that you offer and um you have a a new book coming out which maybe we're not allowed to talk about it but that's going to be your second <laughs> well, we are. book it's just it's it's in the you know like towards the fall or winter of 2023 so it's a little bit early to, yeah. to share with yeah, people no, but i, I would understand. say that like if if you want to read a book about numerology that's a short read i did write a little bit of numerology that's mm-hmm. the title of the book mm-hmm. um that also teaches you more about the base numbers and the name vibrations a little bit about the numeroscope a little mm. bit about like the like we talked about um, the tarot, feng shui, whatever. Like yeah. the other connection points for the for the esoteric science that numerology is. 
Yeah, which is that's all on your website too, so people can get out to to get that information there. But do you? I mean, now that you have so many tools in your toolbox um, to be able to help people with, what do you see at at the end of the day? What is the legacy that you want to live or leave in the world um, as it is in uh, it pertains to numerology? Well, first of all, I think I want to, what I try to do, because I'm the filter that this information is being filtered through, I want to make it as um, positive, Mm. as accurate, and as empowering as it could possibly be. Mm. Because I can also see that like each generation of numerologists leave like kind of their imprint on the information. And some of the thoughts that people have on, for example, gender Mm. is something that where if you read something, a book that was written in like 1910, if you read it today and you read like their ideas about like men and women and the numbers and how they fit and how you are a nine woman or a nine man or Mm. like whatever, I can just tell that like some of it feels um, a little black and white. Mm archaic Um, yeah and a little judgmental and Mm -hmm. I think that's the never what we're looking for if we seek out any kind of spiritual tool we are never looking for judgment we got plenty of that in our (laughs) homes and our heads and our upbringing at times or even from society so I feel like it's not that uh, I am an expert on queering Hmm. numerology but i do think that it's important that if i have a point of view on like for example some of like the gender stereotypes in this spiritual field that i clear it up and also i mean i i founded the numerology school so i teach numerologists and i think it's important when i teach some of the very sensitive areas Hmm. like things you can see in the numeroscope about sexual preferences or gender identity that we never speak about people as being wrong or that, for example, that a name change could make you straight, mm-hmm. which I think there are actually some numerologists that like think that way. Hmm. And that a name change could make you straight? Yeah, or clear up certain issues. I think there are certain mm-hmm. things that uh, spirituality can do. And I think um, the good thing about something like gender being... Uh, examined very aggressively in the public mind right now is that we can have some of those conversations and I can have them with my students too and I can say you do whatever you think is right but you do need to take into account um, that maybe there are more gender expressions than what you grew up with then then you understand yeah Mm. and to just I mean that's the thing if I don't understand it I mean, I feel like I can only really judge what I do understand. If I really understand what a thing is, then I can decide if it's good or bad. But if I don't Mm. understand it or it's not my lived experience, then I should be careful about touching it or putting Mm. a label on it or maybe making people feel other. Like one of the, I'm going to tie this up. Um, (laughs) But one of my experiences in when I had a numerology reading was that this person looked at my numeroscope and they said, oh, I think you have really bad sex. Oh. And I was like, thank you. 
that's a really weird thing to say because I've definitely had bad sex, but I've also definitely had good sex. So, you know, this is a weird thing to say. Yeah. And later when I learned about numerology, I was like, oh, I understand. I think what you were trying to say in this situation, I think I understand that the person was saying, uh, you have a hard time feeling safe with the opposite sex because of certain things in your numeroscope. Okay. This could look like maybe having a hard time, blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, like, I was like, oh, I understand what you were saying, but how you said it no, right. was really not helpful. Or <laughs> yeah, it that wasn't, like that, was that, that didn't seen. make me feel real good. Yeah, no. and that's one huh. of the things, if you're like deep into whatever spiritual field, you can see very sensitive and deep things about people, things mm. in their subconscious, things in mm. their past in their family, in their upbringing, about their parents. Hmm. You know, like you can see a lot of things. So you need to be gentle hmm. and careful yeah. and caring well, about how you convey the information. And not and everything an needs to be said out loud. You know, no. that's also sometimes I look at people, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to tell them exactly what I see in this area because hmm. it might not be helpful hmm. to hear that right now. Or it might well, not, that's... it might be too negative. Well, that's, and that's good because if you say that one of your goals or your legacy is to make it about the positive side, I mean, I believe that we have enough negativity and more enough negative stuff around us already. If we could be some kind of a light or some kind of a hope Mm. or a wish for other people. And that is my, the movement is all about sharing our hearts and sharing our stories in a way that gets us feeling whole and to be able to share with other people about what our gifts are and like what are my gifts what are your gifts what are i mean all of our gifts we can all share each other's gifts that is that's what these conversations are about and that you dare to do this kind of work because it isn't mainstream it isn't like everybody understands it it's not like banking no, it definitely isn't mainstream. not that people understand banking either but i mean it's um you're making a choice and I am happy that you are making the choice that you are making because you are helping a lot of people. And that's important. It is an honor to help others. It is. Yes. So, and it's also an honor to have you on this, this episode this week. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I could talk to you. I love, this is, (laughs) it's so interesting. This is an interesting topic and um, I would love to have you back one day. Maybe we can talk about one topic like specifically, we can maybe talk about <laughs> names or something like that, yeah. like, which I just, I love it. I think it's wonderful. And I look forward to sharing this with my people and getting your contact information out. So people can also start supporting buying your books and maybe your programs or Let's go to your school. Tell yeah, me buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> buy the book. All right. But I'll put all that out in your show notes. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your truth. Thank you for being here. And we will see you the next time you come and visit us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and for (laughs) such great questions, really. Oh, thank you. You're a pleasure to have. All right. Take care. See you next time. You too. Bye. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of More Moths to the People. I am Asa Nilsson. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, share it with a friend. I want to say thank you to Kamel Asli for his help with the production of this podcast without him. This would not even be in your ears today. I can assure you of that. And let me let me say a little something about my friend, Gregory Paul Donaldson. May he rest in peace. 
who would always leave me with this quote. He would say, in the meantime and between time, whatever you do, do it well, and then pass it on. Peace and most importantly, joy. I want to leave you with that as well. I'll see you on the flip side, my friend. Take care.